0: From the Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG. I'm Mike Jordan Lasky. The Advent and Christmas seasons are most welcome this year, even by me, a self-proclaimed Grinchy Scrooge. I have three kids aged five and under, and you throw in the sameness of pandemic life, and I'm seeing this holiday season with totally new eyes. To celebrate the Yuletide, I invited on two experts from the Jesuit family to talk about our favorite Christmas songs. Dr. Susan Bigelow Reynolds is a professor of Catholic Studies at Emory University's Candler School of Theology. She has a couple of degrees from Boston College and is a top-notch singer and percussionist. Father Mark Massa, SJ, is the director of campus ministry at St. Mary's Student Parish at the University of Michigan. He's also a writer and a hardcore pop culture aficionado. The three of us took turns drafting our favorite Christmas songs, like in the NFL or NBA draft. We ended up with a 12-song playlist, plus a bunch of honorable mention choices that are sure to make the rest of the season merry and bright, and a bit melancholy, and maybe even a bit teary-eyed. Christmas has a lot of emotions going on, even in a non-pandemic year. Don't forget to subscribe to AMDG wherever you get podcasts, and thanks for joining us. Well, Dr. Susan Bigelow-Reynolds and Father Mark Massa, welcome to AMDG. Thanks so much for joining us for our special Christmas episode. How are you guys doing? Doing
1: oh, well. Thank, thank you. you. It's, it's an honor to be here.
0: An honor. Wow. That's very exciting. Wow. So let's introduce you uh, before we get into the uh, the bulk of our program today. So we'll start with you, Susan. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what what credentials you bring to our very important draft of Christmas music? Why, you know, why do you think you're a good, a good fit for this program? So go ahead, tell us about yourself.
1: Um, Thank you. I um, am an assistant professor of Catholic studies at Emory University's Candler School of Theology. Uh, I teach courses in American Catholicism and Catholicism and migration and practical theology. Um, I am a mom. I have three daughters, Nora, Lucy, and Julia. and I am also an avid lover of all things uh, liturgical music and Advent, Christmas, and beyond. Um, I, um, I can talk a little bit about uh, the work that I do, the research that I do, but I don't know if it's Christmas music relevant
0: Oh, no. Yeah. We need to get to know the players before we can start the game. So please (laughs) do that. Yeah. So what do you study? What do you teach? Like What are your areas of focus?
1: Sure. Um, So my research, the work that I do is located sort of at the intersection of ecclesiology and ethnography. So I look at the relationship between our theologies of church uh, and the lived practices of real ecclesial communities on the ground, particularly those. Uh, on the margins. I'm currently finishing up a book I'm writing called An Ecclesiology of Solidarity, Ritual, Community, and the Future of Parish Life, which is based on a, a in-depth multi-year study I did of a, a small racially and culturally and linguistically diverse Catholic parish in Boston. Uh, so I look at uh, basically what we can learn from Uh, Communities that do that sort of work really intentionally about uh, what it might mean to uh, embrace solidarity as an ecclesial virtue, patterning our uh, the relationships within our parishes.
0: Awesome. That sounds like it's worth a whole podcast uh, some other time. (laughs) So we'll have to have you back to talk about that. But you did mention Boston, which is important for our purposes, because you you do have some Jesuit cred as well so tell us your jesuit cred
1: i have a lot of of love for the jesuits a very tender place in my heart i did both my master's and phd in theology at boston college and i currently belong to a jesuit parish here in atlanta st thomas More catholic church which is a wonderful catholic community my sister is a Loyola chicago grad and she was in jbi in belize for two years so we have we have a lot of of jesuit love in our family
0: Nice, and you're a musician too, or a singer. What What is your music background? Yeah,
1: I was, um, I not as much anymore, although I I miss it. But uh, it, when I was uh, growing up and in college at Notre Dame, um, and then uh, afterwards, when I taught in a small Catholic school, uh, I was very involved as a singer and a percussionist in liturgical music of many kinds. Uh, when I was a teacher, I directed the the children's choir. Uh, so there is nothing cuter, especially this time of year, than a, a mass choir of uh, fourth through eighth graders. Um, some of my most adorable memories are are of Advent Friday masses at the Catholic school I taught at in Brownsville, Texas.
0: Sure, that's great. Well, welcome and thanks so much for for being here, Thank Father you. Mark. Father Mark, also welcome to you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Thank you for having me. Um... I am currently the uh, Director of Campus Ministry at St. Mary's Student Parish in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and we serve the Catholic students at the University of Michigan. And um, as, as far as my background goes, um, I've done a lot of study kind of focusing on Catholicism, American Catholicism, uh, Catholicism and popular culture. Pretty much anything I read or teach involves some references to popular culture or literature or, or something like that. Um, I do have a little music background as far as uh, singing. I've been singing in, in choruses and choirs since I was a little kid and try to find any opportunity I can to do that as time goes on. And um, yeah, I've, I've, I've written you. You said you um, read my book, which I wrote, wrote many years ago, already there, Letting God Find You, which... It's kind of part memoir, part um, spirituality book, part pop culture celebration. I draw on many references to different areas of pop culture, from music to to movies to kind of whatever you can think of. I am a self-professed pop culture nerd, and I've always had a real joy in popular culture and since a very young age incorporated into my ministry, whether it was uh, teaching religious ed ccd or working in youth ministry and even you know up into teaching on the college level awesome well your pop culture
0: background is definitely one of the the reasons i wanted to bring you on for talking about christmas music because that is like what a marriage of spirituality and and pop culture there so pandemic time has been like a big pop culture extravaganza for a lot of folks right you have a lot more time maybe on your hands to dip into things My wife and I are pretty much caught up with the Mandalorian Star Wars show. I'm not a big Star Wars person, but have enjoyed this show. So Father Mark, for you, like in this time, has there been any kind of go to any like pop culture recommendations in any medium that you can uh, suggest to our folks who might have some some time over the break?
2: Well, I I do spend way too much time watching things, Uh, but most recently kind of along the Christmas theme. uh, America Magazine did an article on this Netflix uh, series, called, series called Dash and Lily. And I I binged that over a period of a couple of days. And that was a really great um, celebration of the Christmas season and a really nice story. And they, they pointed out the fact it's about two people who are kind of doing this game where they're writing to each other. They don't really know each other. And so the person who wrote the article in America suggested that this in some ways was sort of emblematic of kind of Christmas in the in the times of COVID.
0: Hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll put that on the list uh, for holiday viewing. Uh, so let let's jump into the 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 bulk of our program today, which is a draft of Christmas songs. So I thought this could be a way to, to talk a little bit about Christmas music to get in the spirit a little, to try to find some joy in the midst of these uh, challenging times we're in. So this is how this will work: we're each going to take turns picking. Christmas songs uh, like we're in a draft of athletes in like the NBA or NFL draft we'll each take a turn uh, we'll, we'll start with with Susan and then Father Mark and then me and we'll do that four times around and uh, we'll each have a chance to, to pick a song really I kept it open any type of song, any type of Christmas song and, but like a particular version of that song so uh, the the song and then also the performing artist and then after you as you pick your song just tell us why you like it, why you picked it and then we will uh, critique it. The other two who are not the selector will have a chance to critique the pick, each pick. And then I will take notes and we'll see who we think wins the strongest, most balanced roster of Christmas songs uh, for the season. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Ready to go?
0: Okay, great. Susan, get us started.
1: All right. I just have to say, this is the closest I've come to engaging with any sort of draft ever. So this is my <laughs> ideal form of draft. Uh, I For my first round draft pick, um, I am going to choose In the Bleak Midwinter. Um, Particularly, I have two versions of it that I love. I guess if I were, if I were to Spotify a version, I love the King's College Choir version. But um, in particular, I'm thinking of the scene in the first episode of the first season of The Crown, speaking of Netflix, um, where the townspeople come and, and sing this song to the royal family and King George, who's this very sort of humble figure in the series, and, um, stands up and he's just received a, a very um, unfortunate health diagnosis. And he's, he stands up and with tears in his eyes, uh, joins them for uh, the final verse of, of this song, which is just so beautiful. It's based on a poem by Christina Rossetti. Um, and I'll, I'll read the final verse uh, if that's okay. Cause I just think it's so lovely. So what can I give him poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give him, give my heart. I just think that is so lovely. Um, So that is my first pick.
0: Oh, it's a great pick. Can't go wrong with the classic. Bringing us right to a a very nice sentimental place uh, right off the bat. Um, What do you think, Father Mark?
2: Yeah, I I think that's a great choice. I'm not really familiar with the song, but uh, definitely definitely kind of resonates with I think one of my favorite advent songs, which is called "Each Winter as the Year grows Older, um, mm. which kind of talks about the um, the darkness of of the time as the days grow longer, um, but finishes with an appeal for Lord Jesus to come and reign.
1: Mm.
0: yeah, you definitely even the title of that gets me thinking, like, yeah, that's, you know, I feel like I've been living in a bleak midwinter for quite some time i really
1: love sort of melancholy christmas music i there's just something in advent too and i also love like like choral like british children's choir choral christmas i just i could (laughs) listen to that all all day i just think it's so beautiful and definitely has
0: to be british kids i don't know what i think for sure yeah yeah. no
1: no 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 non-british kids need apply for that sort of (laughs) Although since you spent time
2: in Boston, St. Paul's, and Cambridge was a pretty good. Okay, children's that's part. true.
1: Actually, yes, I take it back. There, they, are, they
0: All right, can come. are some. Okay, <laughs> very good. Um, Father Mark, what's your first pick?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sort of continuing that somber tone. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, song has been kind of haunting me this week because it uh, came on the radio last week and then. It appeared in the first um, episode of that Dash and Lily show is River oh R- River by Joni Mitchell. Oh good one. There were a couple of other good versions of it by Ellie Goulding, Sarah McLaughlin, but there's something about that original version by Joni Mitchell that just sort of captures the mood and kind of behind in the in the background is sort of a riff on jingle bells. so it's really kind of this subtle combination of this very somber song of loss, but also the, you know, the spirit of Christmas.
0: Okay. I'm not familiar with this, which is, which is really a shame because I, I, I know Joni Mitchell is like one person I know like six songs by, and I know she's like one of the most important songwriters in like American history. So, but that's a, it's a blind spot for me, Susan, are you familiar with the song? You I made a sound as it if you is are. It's
1: just, um, wrenching. It's, it makes me <laughs> sob, but it's just love. I mean, it's lovely. Oh man. But it's one of those songs I listen to if you know how sometimes you're just like, Oh, I just really feel like I, there's a lot in me right now and I just need to cry. <laughs> that's what, that's a song I will turn on and And it just, I just weep in like that good way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We are hitting early on here. This thing about (laughs) Christmas, like always, which is like, there's this, I don't know if it's like this mix of like nostalgia and melancholy. Maybe like the weather has something to do with it. The kind of loss of childhood stuff that goes in. Like a lot of those Christmas songs are again, very kind of longing and and sad. Um, So I'll keep, I'll keep it going. I'll throw a longing and sad one in, but that's also upbeat and fun, which is my favorite Christmas song. I warned you all this was coming and I'll take it now because <laughs> Su- Susan also likes the song. She I tipped her hand ahead of time. So I'll take it now, which might be a reach, but uh, my first pick, I'll take fairy tale of New York by the Pogues and Christy McCall, um, which I was, my is, it is my favorite Christmas song. It's the one I'll put on, uh, which to me is like a mix of, if you people are not familiar, it's essentially like this Irish couple in, in New York, essentially kind of singing back and forth about, life and when they were young and optimistic and then how things didn't go so well. I mean it's set in a drunk tank, you know, Christmas Eve is the is the setting. It's both like kind of schlocky and sentimental and also like rousingly Irish. In a great way, there are some lyrics that don't hold up today. So I'll, I'll take a radio edit of this song. I think like changing some of the, a couple of those words is, is probably suitable. But uh, hear this song. I don't know. There's something that just seems so perfectly like Irish American New York Christmas. Go- growing up near New York, for me, like Christmas time is going into the city, seeing like the tree at Rockefeller Center, seeing like the windows at the different department stores, seeing a show. Usually, it's like being in New York for Christmas. So that one that captures. uh that mood for me um and just feels very the catholic it just feels like great catholic right i mean like there are broken fallen people in this song but like they're they're hearing the church bells they're hearing like choirs there there's like this longing and this hope for something but i don't know for me the characters feel catholic maybe just because they're irish but uh yeah so fairy, fairy tale of new york is my my first pick
1: strong pick very strong pick
0: Susan, what's you, so you had emailed and said you also like it. What do you I
1: like love it. Oh gosh. I just, um, yeah, something about it, the realness and just the tune too. I'm not even Irish, but after, after, um, you know, coming out on the other side of a Notre Dame undergraduate education, I just can't, I can't resist a good, you know, Irish hook. <laughs> um, it's just a lovely song. It's a fun one to sing. My, um, my husband's family, who is very Irish, uh, they're a big fan as well. I think it it rings very true to a lot of um, kind of fabled, uh, like older aunts and ancestors and uncles and stuff on my husband's side. Um, so they seem to sing it with like this real deep feeling of knowing. <laughs> um,
2: so there's, I just I love that song. Are you familiar, with Father Mark? I am not familiar with the song, but um, I am familiar with Christmas in New York and yeah, it's, it's sort of a, a complex um, experience of all kinds of, you know, that Christmas spirit, but at the same time, the yeah, the pressure of the city. And so I, I think it sounds like that song kind of captures that feeling, that sense of kind of being in New York at Christmas time and dealing with all the conflicting things coming at you.
0: Yeah, no, certainly,
2: and I, I like so far
0: we, we're like we're making a nice playlist for folks here. Like we, we are gonna broaden some folks' horizons with this uh, with our teams. Uh, so let's move on to round two. Um, hopefully, we'll uh, get a little happier, but we'll see. I don't know, maybe not. Susan, what's your second pick? You're looking um, at um.
1: I am going to choose Good King Wenceslas. Um, because again, another classic, I also really just like the tune of it, but also the lyrics I feel like have such a beautiful significance. Um, this idea of, of benevolence and service to the poor and the marginalized, um, is sort of at the heart of what it means to, to live into Christmas. Um, the lyrics too, are just so poetic. I think it's just such a lovely poetic, uh, song and, um, and my, and my daughter is learning to play it on the piano, which is just darling. So I think that also heightens the, um, the nostalgia for me because I used to play it on the piano as a kid. Um, but yes, I am going to choose Good King Wenceslas, which which actually also happens to just get stuck in my head at various times throughout the year. Um, so like in July, I'll just be, and my husband actually, this it was like 4th of July, and he's like, are you whistling Good King Wenceslas? <laughs> and unfortunately, yes, I am um, you,
0: have to, you have to pick a version though before we oh, can get gosh here.
1: um a version of, yeah. um you can i guess
0: you can pick you can pick your daughter's. i'm version. gonna pick my that's, daughter's that's little
1: five year old version from her <laughs> beginner's Christmas book of one-handed right-handed <laughs> five note carols
0: a so bit weird. of a version. Yeah, that that would be nice. What well, <laughs> maybe lovely. we'll we'll get a recording of it to put uh under the uh the introduction or something. It's yes. a little Jesuit trivia. That's Father Jim Martin's favorite Christmas song. Good Christmas. Oh, yeah. There you go. I'm in good
1: company.
2: <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right, Father Mark, you're up. Okay, so growing up, and I'm betraying my age now. Here, I think uh, it was not Christmas until you heard Bruce Springsteen's "Santa Claus is uh, Coming to Town." Yes. Yes. I'm, no a Jersey guy, so.
0: I'm a Jersey guy, so we could de- devote the rest oh, of this episode so to talk about this. He's
1: hosting want. Saturday Night Live next week or musical Performing, guesting Saturday yeah. Night Live. And I'm really hoping that we're going to get to hear that.
0: Oh, that we must. Is. Yes, for sure. What about that version, uh, Father Mark?
2: Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's just fun. And um, it kind of starts with that intro about <laughs> walking down the boardwalk and... Hey, you know, do you know what time it is? It's Christmas time. And then he's talking to Clarence during the song. <laughs> Y'all been good this year? Yeah. It's just, it's just an experience. It's an experience.
0: That is so good. I, yeah, I should have, I really should have led with that being a Jersey person and a, a Bruce. A Bruce fan. Bruce has a kid at Boston College or who was there. And then he like did, he was supposed to go there for like a talk, but he did it virtually since of because of COVID. That yeah. was just so envious. True story. Uh, my
2: nephew um, was at Boston College at the same time Aiden Springsteen was there. And they both um, had a class together and the class was sight singing.
0: Wow. <laughs> I wonder, well, like Bruce is not like, you don't think of Bruce as like a, you know, an especially pretty voice. Um, but, uh, definitely some musical talent. So I wonder how his, his kids are. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an unimpeachable choice, um, for your, for your second pick. Now I, let's see, I, I, there's a pick I want to make sure I get, but I don't think given the two, the picks you have made that I think I can wait on this other one. So (laughs) Mm. what I will, what do I have so far? Oh, I just have the one. Okay. Um, I don't know. Okay. I'm not going to pick this one, but I'll mention it because I think it's awesome. Can I do that? No, I probably shouldn't do that.
2: I think um, that you can.
0: I Maybe can, we can okay. have
2: honorable mentions at the end. I don't
0: know. Honorable mentions. Oh, That's good a good idea. idea. We're going to save our honorable mentions. I, won't, I don't want this on my team. This is a little too crazy, and I need to like save some spots here. Um, but my second pick will be um, "O Tannenbaum" by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Um, which is the the first track on the Charlie Brown Christmas album, which I just wanted to represent that album somehow. It's like one of the few Christmas records that I just like totally love and listen to over and over pretty much every day leading up to Christmas. And it's also one that our kids will like not reject to be, like object to being on. They'll just like kind of let it be. And um, I love the whole thing. And it has like a, that mix of nostalgia. And I mean, it's Charlie Brown Christmas is generally sad, but also hopeful. It just has like this distinct sound. It's just like, that album needs to be on this list and i love the o Tannenbaum version uh on there and it's again the first track so when that comes on i know the album is starting and i have like 40 minutes of peaceful christmas reflecting to do while chasing around our our three kids so um yeah that will be my my second pick
1: strong pick i had to cross it off my list was (laughs) that was oh, that,
0: <laughs> which like another one from that album or that or that one
1: that exact
0: one that yeah. exact one
2: it was interesting that the uh rockefeller center christmas tree this year was compared to the the, the charlie brown christmas tree
0: <laughs> it looked I, apparently it got better i didn't i only saw those first clips when it was coming out the unveiling like, you know, <laughs> yeah like, but no. it installed yeah it was not it was not great um but yeah i i usually would watch like to watch that every year. And like, think about like, Oh, are we going to show our kids the Charlie Brown Christmas now? Are they old enough? But then you think about like, it really is like Charlie Brown is it's sad. Uh, we kind of continuing this theme we have here. <laughs> I was trying to bring some joy to the proceedings and we're just, we're getting into the kind of the sadness and loneliness that can come with Christmas. But I do, I love about that. That special in particular is like at the end when like Charlie Brown has been like upset by consumerism and like things are just like not working out. And then like Linus gets up and like does the King James Bible, uh, Luke gospel reading. And it's just so right, you know, Mm -hmm. it just just hits every time. Uh, so that's my choice. Any other Vince Garaldi reflections before we move along?
1: It's, I, I will say I watched Charlie Brown Christmas with my kids. Um, and they also have a book version of it too. And it's funny because I think I just, I just associate it with, Oh, it's sort of a, the classic Christmas special, um, but as you're sort of reading the book to like a four and five year olds or, or watching it too, and also the, basically any Charlie Brown special, you're like, wow, this really captures the anxieties of an age. <laughs> you know, this is actually quite dark. Um, there's, a, there's really a lot going on here. And I think this actually says more about um, the need for good mental health care on the part of these small children uh, than, than anything
0: else. And that's what's funny what so
2: children's stories that are, that are dark. Deep and deep. often and start with a parent dying. I don't oh, I yeah. don't know what I don't know what that's about. Right. Oh
0: yeah. And our five-year-old who's like, she is a precocious reader and so she likes long books now, but she'll pull like raw doll books off the shelf to just read to herself. And they're all like the the adults in those especially are, are horrifying generally.
2: Horrifying. And she's
0: just reading. She's like, but she's pulling out new insults that she's throwing around now. It's like we gotta get those books <laughs> out of her hands. I have new like uh, empathy for adults who have banned books for their children in the past. Uh, she's a little too young uh, for those. But no, that's why I love Peanuts and other good children's stuff is that like, it can work on multiple levels, right? Like you can kind of enjoy the surface level fun Snoopy dog, or you can like kind of get deeper and be like, oh, this actually is for the parents as much, uh, if not more for, than for the, the kids. Hey, I'm Brother Matt. Merry Christmas. I'm the host of Along the Way, a Jesuit prayer pod. Thanks for praying with Damien
2: and I this Advent. Be sure to check out our Christmas episode. Just search for Along the Way, a Jesuit prayer pod, anywhere podcasts are found.
0: Now head on back to AMDG. All right, so we are halfway through our draft. Each of us have made two picks, which brings us back to Susan for your, your third.
1: Um, you know, I will follow your, your lead with the last one and choose one that's sort of emblematic for me of another Uh, another whole album that I just adore every Christmas. Um, I'm going to choose the Christmas song uh, by Nat King Cole, which to me also, it's just not Christmas until I hear chestnuts roasting on an open fire um, sung in his particular voice. He just has, Mm. oh my gosh, that voice to me just is the sound of Christmas. It's so beautiful and so warm. I can practically like, you know, smell the crackling fire. Just, I love I love everything about Nat King Cole's Christmas uh, music. So I have to choose that for number three.
2: I can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it right now.
1: (laughs) There's something about that song. It's just, yeah, it's just so lovely. And it's like the perfect Christmas song. It's just lovely from start to finish.
0: I, yeah, I love the tune of that song. I think it's like one of my favorite melodies, but I feel like the lyrics, it's just like it ends up being in some ways, like just like a list of different Christmas things. Like there's, it's just like, oh, here's this thing. There's chestnuts. There's, you know, Jack Frost. There's, you know, kids by the fire. Like there's just kind of a list of things, but I, I love the song. And what I also love, so I'm a, a half Jewish kid. My dad's Jewish. Mom Catholic. My dad always pointed out that most, many of the best Christmas pop songs were written by Jews. So Mel That Tormeor. is true. Meltorme Jewish Irving Berlin, who wrote "White Christmas," also Jewish. So, um, just a shout out to to Jews celebrating uh, Christmas in their own ways, uh, including my my father this time. But yeah, Nat King Cole mm. okay. can't go wrong
1: so good it is just a list of christmas things there's definitely no like story arc it. no,
0: right. There's it's kind not. of like my there's favorite
1: there's things but just like christmas
0: right just yeah it's like the, the tune came first they're like oh that's a great christmas sounding mm. tune let's how, what, what words are we kind of shoving rhymes um, with
2: nose <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right father mark your third pick
2: all right i have to go with uh mary did you know by pentatonix
0: this is a controversial pick tell us why this is you controversial.
1: like
2: it controversial.
0: Oh, yeah. Don't talk about this song on the Internet. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh, oh, strong,
0: I just, strong opinions.
2: I just love the the blend of the voices. And, just, yeah, just the question. I mean, I think there's certainly an indication, in, the, in even in Scripture, that. Um, how much did really Mary know about kind of what her son was about and what he would become? And um, I think there's just sort of a kind of a beautiful mystery to that. And that song kind of really captures it in a beautiful way.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. That's the generous reading. I think there are other people who wonder, like, is Mary being... I don't know. I don't, I haven't really engaged in this. I just to see that every time, every year it comes up, people want to have arguments about it. But I like the idea having just, uh, I'm doing the 19th annotation of the spiritual exercises right now Mm -hmm. and just got to the reflection on the, on the um, Ignatius invites you to kind of reflect, put yourself in the scene at the annunciation. And so I spent some, been spending some time kind of doing that. And I love, there's a few different images of the annunciation. I really love, especially this one by the uh, American artist, Henry Osawa Tanner. It hangs in the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Yeah, it's a famous one. And just like, I just love that Mary's kind of depicted realistically feeling for her age and that mix of apprehension, but quiet confidence and yeah, all those things. So I, it's such a great story this time of year or on March 25th, I guess, uh, to spend time reflecting uh, with that. And
2: is that, that debate music. as contentious as the debate over Love Actually?
0: Oh yeah. They're like in the same category.
2: Okay. Right the, oh, Mary, I really don't like Love Actually.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, that's another <laughs> I do not
2: like that movie at all. I feel like
0: there was the move that love actually became like everyone talked trash about it, but now it's like circled back around. Um, So I don't know if that's entirely true. What I will do, though, is take a song that is universally beloved by all, except for maybe my, we'll see what you all think. But I will also go, I'll go into one that gets talked about uh, on the internet a lot, which is maybe the only modern addition to the Christmas song canon. All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Got to do it. modern classic. Got to do it.
2: See, yeah, it's definitely popular. I didn't want to choose it because it, it was just –
0: too popular, I guess. <laughs> Too popular. It is, though. No, you see, this is great graphic that goes around on the internet every year, which is like, it like charts Google search histories. And so like, it shows like, and of course for that song, it's like every year there's a huge spike and then it comes down a- after Christmas and then it's flat. But then like in October and every year it moves up a little bit more. You see like the, the flat line of like no one searching for it online starts to curve up a little bit. And like people track when that search history, when that search, uh, Frequency starts to move up a little Again, which it used to be like around Thanksgiving Then it was like early November Now it's like into like late October when people start looking for that song again um, But yeah, I, so I keep thinking about this It's like a trivia, like a game we play in our family every Christmas Like what new song is like in the canon now? And like, I don't, that might be the last one Like I don't, and that's like 20 plus years old now So I I don't know when that is But it, it, for me, it's like uh, It like drives me crazy a little bit So this is a like I don't always listen to every time it comes on, but like it has become welcome to the ca- the canon, Mariah Carey and Mariah Carey's voice, just you
2: know. Oh yeah, you can't get away from it Christmas time, can't it. Sure.
0: Yeah, right. Interesting so,
2: fun fact I found while researching um for this episode that Mariah Carey is a co-writer on Where Are You Christmas from the the Grinch Stole Christmas movie. Wow.
0: I had no idea. So, See, she's definitely and like all the power to her. She is like every Christmas time she like pops back out no matter what she's doing, you know, in her career and like rides that wave maybe. So, uh, but no, she has such a good voice. All right. So that's three rounds. So last pick for everyone. You might oh want to gosh. look at your team, see what you need to kind of balance it out. And then we will get to honorable mentions so you can empty your lists, but what's your, your final pick Susan will throw it to you. First. Wow.
1: You know, I'm going to, I'm going to end on a, a hopeful note. So uh, actually I guess probably the lyrics of this one, <laughs> probably still fall into the the mildly melancholy category but um I'm gonna choose uh old Lang Syne but the version specifically from It's a Wonderful Life that they're all singing at the end and it's so beautiful and they're all together and they're so happy I just I love that song I whenever it plays on Christmas or New Year's it makes me so happy and I feel like this year also it's this is like um goodbye goodbye 2020 um let's yes um let's ring in let's ring in the new year the new liturgical year the new uh calendar year um but there's something about that tune specifically that's so wistful and lovely but also when sung by this huge crowd of people who love George Bailey and his living room um and the and the descant there with the voices like oh you know like people who are singing at the very top of the 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 keyboard um in those old sort of i don't even know when the movie was made like the 40s or 50s you know those like old lovely warbly voices um i just it's to me that's another just sound of christmas i think that's so lovely and it makes me so happy
0: I do like the idea of, like, kind of very gently but firmly telling 2020 to, to get lost. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, a nice, sentimental-rousing version of Auld Lang Syne.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, um, it's going to be singing yeah, yeah.
1: with some extra vigor this year. And it's hopeful. Yeah, it's definitely hopeful. Yeah, exactly.
0: Are you an It's a Wonderful Life fan, Father Mark?
2: I am, yeah. I love that movie. I think I came to it kind of late. Um, kind of was a little older when I first saw it, I believe. Uh, my favorite up to then was something like The Year Without a Santa Claus with Heat Miser and Freeze Miser and the Claymation Musical. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I have had a my a similar like late coming Christmas movie thing in my life, which is I only saw Elf for the first time 2 years ago and I got like mad that no one had told me like no no this is not just like a dumb kids movie, like this is the best Christmas movie like ever made. <laughs> Someone had just told me that earlier um but that movie especially the first half of Elf, which is like the New York when he discovers when Will Ferrell's character discovers Buddy discovers New York in Christmas time, another New York reference, but like that I don't know, I just died laughing. So now we watched. That. I think I watched it on back-to-back nights two years ago, and then watched it last year again. And we'll have another annual viewing. That and Die Hard, my two favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to watch coming up. Ah, um, yes. We'll get ready for next year. We'll do the we'll do the Christmas movie draft, which is also oh. an important uh, an important one to do. Okay, uh, Father Mark, your fourth your fourth
2: pick. Okay, since we're now the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States, I thought. You know, we needed to bring in a little Canada. I was so, going to do the same thing. What are you going to take? <laughs> so two Canadian treasures are Bare Naked Ladies and Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> uh, oh God, it was mine. It was mine. So I'm God rest you, Merry Gentlemen and We Three Kings combined. Uh, right uh, with was a little playful bass and banjo, I think. Um, wonderful. Um, kind of different version of the song, but playful. And who doesn't love Sarah McLachlan? Ah. Mm.
0: Uh. So good. That and that's a nice marriage for you, Father Mark, in your ministry of that's it's a pop tune, but hits some really great hymns. That's one thing I've been thinking too, is like when else in the year do you have just like random people singing these like pretty you know complex theological concepts? Like yeah. just in song all the time and like maybe that, that could be worth like i'm sure people have done this but like unpacking some of these lines that we just like throw off but it's like that's some pretty big thing about the incarnation there here like what 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 is exactly and that? bare naked lady yeah.
2: singing it you know it's kind of, <sighs> kind of given what they typically sing you know they even have a Christmas special coming up. Evidently, I think it's a virtual, a very virtual Christmas. The Bare Naked Ladies coming.
0: I did see that. They were my favorite oh, wow. band as a kid, and then they lost one of their two singers, and this hasn't been the same for me since. But that record has both the singers on it, and is a uh, super good. And yeah, God rest you, married gentlemen. Underrated, underrated. Him in general, I feel
1: that's like. true. Yeah. I
2: agree.
0: All right, great pick. Now I have to scramble here. <laughs> I, mm. I have, I don't, I don't have anything religious yet. Um, and I should probably have something religious. Looks
1: like somebody needs to watch Charlie Brown Christmas again I know, to discover I I the, well, right. <laughs> the true
0: meaning of Christmas. I know, the true meaning of Christmas. Okay, well, I'll save some others of the fun ones for uh, our honorable mention category, and now I will... So I'll do my religious one. Uh Lo, How Are Rose Air Blooming, uh, the version by, oh, uh, yeah. by Sufjan Stevens uh, <gasps> as the wannabe indie, indie hipster. I love Sufjan. Sufjan Stevens is like a great singer-songwriter. If folks don't know him, he's also like a pretty devout Episcopalian and uh, has this great collection of Christmas songs, including some originals. There's a hymn setting in that of a uh, come now fountain of every blessing. That's oh, amazing. That's a
1: lovely one. Mm-hmm.
0: So good, but that's like, not really, it's not a Christmas hymn. He just put it on his Christmas album. I think I could put it in, but I will not. I will put low, Lo, rose air blooming, which I think is a great, uh, another underrated Christmas Carol in general. And, um, I've liked that one since I was in the high school band playing trumpet and we played it at our Christmas concert. And I thought, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty nice. I
1: had that's to quickly nice. learn handbells one time to like sub in for somebody in a handbell <laughs> performance of that. So whenever I think of Low Ow- Owl Rose Air Blooming, I always think of the like, blong, 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 blong. blong, blong. It's like a very tricky, like you got to do the rest. And so, yeah, it was um, into association handbell choir.
2: Yeah. Handbell choir at fire. the last minute once too. And, yeah. uh, it's crazy. Yeah. You, you have not lived if
1: you had to sub in for somebody in a handbell choir. Right.
2: That's like, like the Christmas.
0: That's like a Catholic, or I guess probably not just Catholic, but like Christmas time thing. Like if you don't have handbells and like, what are you even doing? You mentioned kids' choirs earlier. And I thought back, I'd be this great music director at my parish when I was young. And like when I was five, I was in it for the first time. And I still remember I could sing like at least the refrain of the song we sang, which was like a kind of... uh, like not a one, it was like a choral song, like not a song that you hear on the radio. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm able to find it. But it was like, have you heard the story that they're telling in Bethlehem? Have you heard the story about the Jesus child? I just remember it was like, she made us enunciate very clearly. And it was like felt like very intense. Uh, But yeah, all those all those things like churchy things. Um, We were in a yeah, like church Christmas stuff is always interesting around Christmas, right? Like, what do you do to like celebrate? Like with the parish we belong to, which I loved in New Jersey, like they would have Santa come and like visit at the end. And he would like genuflect in front of like the tabernacle and they tried to make it like very religious, but it was definitely a guy dressed in a Santa suit coming at the end of mass. I always felt like a I little- don't like, oh, about I that. don't know Yeah, <laughs> I didn't no, it didn't quite feel right. It's not uh, quite as bad me, as either. singing
2: happy birthday to Jesus
0: though. Uh Right, I guess people, yeah, you, you've heard stories about that. Uh yeah. I like the I like the pageant, you know, even though it's like mixing up different love
1: the pageant. Stories. That's yeah. a classic.
0: Yeah. So, that's always a fine line. Like how do you like you have those traditions that are nice but that are also hopefully not, you know, in bad taste or like heretical. I guess sometimes if you're not if you're not careful <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know.
1: We really in our family, we really do up the various feast days during Advent. So, um I my middle daughter is Lucy, so we really uh go hard into the St. Lucy day. And so we do the getting up early and the dressing in white with the red sashes and, you know, leaf crowns and candles and cinnamon buns. And um, we re- and then um, we also really celebrate um, Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe tomorrow. Well, we're, I'm sure this is being uh, released a little bit later, but uh, as we're speaking, it's tomorrow. The twelfth, um, and so that's um, that's something that has become really special for our family is those little uh, feast days along the way during Advent.
0: Yeah, I definitely have seen like having kids now, especially like as they've gotten like become more aware about like what's going on the. Getting to introduce them to those things, trying to draw on those traditions, has made me like appreciate this season way more than I had been like, you know, a jaded, cynical. Like, oh, not Christmas again. Like with your Hallmark cards, not understanding the true meaning. Now I'm like much more. I just I see how like excited they get. We went on a night walk last night through the neighborhood because was like a lot of great lights and just how like innocently thrilled they are just to see the different displays at the houses. And we did like say I never celebrated Saint Nicholas Day as a kid, but it's like oh, we'll do a little Saint Nicholas talking. Yes. Like, it was so funny. So, like, the, our five-year-old came up to our room that morning and was like, oh, it's St. Nicholas Day. And then we realized, like, oh, shoot, like, we didn't <laughs> put anything in the shoes. my wife's like, all right, uh, crawl into bed with dad for a minute. And she, like, ran downstairs. <laughs> Get and, uh, your oranges. This, put them in the right, shoes. Yeah. All the stuff. Like, family like, knickknacks threw them in some shoes. And it's like, oh. When we came down. Like, oh, my goodness. No. Yeah. So, we talked a little bit about you know being a bishop in turkey and what that was all about and say yeah so no there's just so there's so much to draw on which is great to share um okay great so let's before we jump into our um our honorable mentions which i think we should do i will just do a quick summary of our teams so Susan has "In the Bleak Midwinter" the King's College Choir version. Then she has "Good King Wenceslas" as played by her five-year-old on the piano. Uh, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole, an old Lang sign from "It's a Wonderful Life." Father Mark has uh, "The River" by Joni Mitchell, "Santa Claus is Coming to Town" by Bruce Springsteen, "Mary Did You Know" by Pentatonix, and uh, "The God Rest You Merry Gentleman" and "We Three Kings." medley by bernica ladies and sarah mclaughlin i have fairy tale of new york by the pogues and Christy mccall o tannenbaum by vince Guaraldi trio all i want for christmas is you by mariah and lo how a rose air blooming by sufion i think we that's a nice this is a nice uh, collection of songs here we have 12 good songs we should put this into a playlist and share it with the world yeah uh, great idea good balance we got some fun we have some crying uh, we got some religious. We got some not religious. So let's empty the list, though. Let's do a, just a rapid fire. Uh, what other songs were on your big board? So, Susan, we'll start with you. What else did you have?
1: Uh, I had I Believe in Father Christmas by Emerson Lake and Palmer. Oh, wow.
0: So Prog rock. Good.
1: That's really, um, rich, really it's, it's such a good one. Should I go? Should we just all go in a circle or should I just? No, tell just, you all just my, run through. Just empty um, your list. Oh, uh, come all ye faithful. Just the. Everybody singing at church together version because it just makes me cry every year. Um, Even so, Lord Jesus Quickly Come, which is a hymn that was composed in the 50s by Paul Manns, um, which is just also beautiful um, and hits that, that longing, melancholy and hope sweet spot that I seem to love. Um, Hark the Herald Angel Sing also just gets my heart going, particularly the Charlie Brown Christmas version. Um, and then I had an Advent song. I had Creator of the Stars of Night which I just really like as well.
0: Awesome. Great choices. See, we could do this 47 rounds of it. All right, Father Mark, what's up, Rob? What, what, last, what else was on your your board?
2: Okay, um, 2,000 Miles by The Pretenders. Um, something about the sort of the melody of that that just sort of says Christmas to me. And again, it's another song about kind of, it's a combination of a song about loss and a song about the coming of um, Father Christmas. Um the um, And speaking of Father Christmas, um, Father Christmas by the Kinks um, is really kind of like a social justice song. You know, Father Christmas, give us some money, you know, give all the toys to the rich boys. We just need money. Um, That's true. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, I like that one. There's another song um, by an artist I really like who's pretty obscure. Her name is Vienna Tang, um, and she has a song called The Atheist Christmas Carol. Which um, so it's obviously not particularly religious but I think really captures the spirit of Christmas Don't forget that. I love you is kind of the refrain of it
0: All right, cool. Good list um, I have I guess three kind of left on my big board one uh, come darkness come light by Mary Chapin Carpenter <gasps> Good one. Uh, it's a great album and that's the title track which essentially like come like as you are to christmas i one of the parishes we went to in new jersey like the pastor would get up every christmas eve like there's just so many different ways to approach that right knowing that your church is packed with people who are not usually there and i've seen like different approaches to that like including glaring at the person who's sitting in your usual seat (laughs) all the way up to what this what father tom would do which was essentially like whoever you are wherever you're from would go through a list of people and like how close you are to the church how jazzed you are to be here like whether you're you know black white gay straight you go through a whole list and people and he's such a genuine guy people always like seem to respond well to that so come darkness come light uh feels like show up you know we come to the stable how how we are and trust the lord to uh to heal us and to change us um so that's a great that's a great tune um the one i was gonna throw in after bruce was bruce's biggest influence bob dylan has a great christmas record from like 10 years ago and his version of must be santa i don't know if you've heard this but it's like totally it's completely off the like rails it's like accordion and it's like super fast and it's just him like growling
2: it's so I'm funny, just imagining right? bob dylan dressed actually- santa yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a
0: great music video for it. There's a video for it. Uh, but then just like that, ver- like listen to that. I mean, just his like old age groan, <laughs> like, you know, like really, really fast with the accordion. It's it's amazing. Uh, and then the one for me that like, if I, especially since like becoming a father, like this is like the dad sitting by the fire and like tearing in his eye. Uh, Christmas in the Trenches by John McCutcheon. He's mm. one of my favorite like kid yeah. folk singers. Uh, and it's a story. It's the story of the um, the Christmas truce in World War I. Like, oh, the English. Yeah german soldiers coming out to no man's land it's a true story like uh mm-hmm. playing soccer together and shooting off flares and trading pictures and just talking and it's like an eight minute song it just kind of tells the story and it's just so it's so beautiful and uh so you know, that's always cue that up for when you want to sit down not like a full-out ball but just like a little glint a little glint the tear <laughs> in the corner of the eye time christmas in the trenches john mccutcheon so yeah that was my list so yeah we have we have the makings of a a fun and sad Christmas party here, <laughs> uh, in turn, which I guess no that that appropriate feels appropriate for the the year. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, it feels You called on
1: ch- the right people.
0: <laughs> uh, see, I knew it. I knew it. All right, so I, maybe we could just wrap. Uh, invite you either of you to as we're getting ready for Christmas, moving in, thinking about it. Um, we've done some of this chat, but like just thinking about like, what Christmas can offer us uh, this year in particular, like what things about Christmas or the meaning of the holiday, or what what do you think? Like is does Christmas have to offer us this thing that we, you know, we celebrate and have billion dollar industry around, but is also like, you know, maybe comes at this time. Liturgical year for me always feels like it's perfectly timed that like anytime I, if something pops up, I'm like, oh, I actually really needed that. So uh, what are you looking forward to in Christmas this year? Well, Susan, we'll start with you.
1: Sure. Um, I think for me, particularly since becoming a mom, um, being pregnant and giving birth, um, the the intimacy and the, the vulnerability and um, just the, the beauty and the simplicity of Christmas of the idea that God would come to us as a baby, as a vulnerable, uh, sweet, soft, dependent um, human baby uh, just, just brings me really to my, to my knees. There's um, somewhere in the, in the vast writings of, of Karl Rahner, there's this moment in which he talks about how, you know, holding together the pain of the world um, and also the quiet joy of the resurrection, he's talking about Easter, um, perhaps invites us into a, um, a quieter, he calls it a quieter Easter celebration, no less hopeful, but somehow um, somehow quieter, somehow smaller. Um, and I feel that that's, for me, that's the kind of Christmas that we're having. We are not seeing relatives, which is very hard. We're not seeing the usual parade of cousins and aunts and uncles, um, which is hard. It's hard for us. It's hard for my kids. But, um, for us, I think that there's something really holy in kind of the, the smallness and the simplicity. And so I think that that's what, that's what I'm looking at this year.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that, Susan. Father Mark, how about you?
2: I think this Advent is, is somewhat unique, um, I think Advent's really about kind of trying to pretend in a sense that we don't know how the story happens. We don't know what we're kind of anticipating, you know, the birth of Jesus, that we're somehow kind of in this, in this darkness waiting for the light. And I think really we have more of a sense of that this year perhaps than ever. Um, we're more insulated from all the trappings of Christmas because – just not getting out. We're not experiencing, you know, the lights and the shopping and and the kind of things that, you know, somehow, you know, often distract us and often kind of we jump too quickly to Christmas when we don't really enter into Advent. So I think this year we've been really given an opportunity to enter Advent in a special way and to appreciate kind of what Christmas is and, and the coming of Jesus, but also, you know, this sense that we're, You know, we're also separated. You know, as Susan said, we're we're separated from family. We're not able to gather as as we have normally would. And I think that that leads to a kind of a deeper appreciation of of that gift. You know, the gift of gathering with those you love and celebrating the birth of Jesus.
0: Yeah, no, thanks so much. I, I resonate with what both of you said. And Susan, as you were talking, you know, especially connecting to your own being a, a parent thinking of, of that for for me as well the past a handful of years experiencing christmas that way but i so as I, I mentioned at the beginning where my wife and i are watching the, the mandalorian right now and i don't want to spoil this for anyone who hasn't seen it but like the basic premise is that you have this like kind of hardened bounty hunter who's like very tough and like solo guy like just goes off and does his own thing but then he meets this like baby essentially, this little child, and then like his whole life changes, reorients around this child. And like he has this internal change uh to that drawn to care for this this child. And it reminds me of one of my favorite like reflections on Christmas is by uh Ron Rohlheiser, the spiritual writer, and talks about like what power is and what God's power is and how we see that revealed, especially like say in Christmas. And he says like if you're in a room with like a football linebacker or a boxer or something and they like tackle you or punch you like you'll feel a physical pain there'll be some change there from that power but you'll get up and be okay but if you brought like a baby into that same room and handed the baby to like the boxer or linebacker they would start like cooing and speaking baby talk there'd be some internal change that happened which is like maybe even a more potent form of power and thinking about like for me like around the COVID, especially it's like god would you please just like get rid of this like, would you please just like get rid of the virus? I, you know, find that myself praying that around a lot of different health things or natural evils. Like, God, would you please just handle it? And God probably could handle it in that particular way. But we see, like, I think in Christmas anyway, God often chooses to act with that other type of power, which is the, the power that can kind of change us internally, can reorient us, can have that, that effect on our, our hearts. Uh, the, the power of a child, not the power of the linebacker. Uh, so trying to reflect on that this year too uh so thank you both so much for coming on and i feel like we got a nice mix of fun and some depth and all kinds of things i was hoping for when i asked the two of you on so i'm very pleased uh christmas greetings this uh this yeah, will be out right before christmas so we're talking in middle advent still but this will be a christmas time so i can say merry christmas to the both of you and uh happy new year and thanks so much for all you do and your your service to the church and uh yeah all the
2: best in in the new year
1: Thank you. Thank you for the invitation to be here.
2: Yeah, thank you. So great to meet you both and yeah, many blessings for Christmas.
0: AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States. And when we're not working from home, the show is recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. AMDG is edited by Marcus Bleach, and our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Eric Clayton, Megan Leepsch, Becky Sindelar, and me. Connect with the Jesuits online at jesuits.org, on Twitter at Jesuit News, Instagram at WeAreTheJesuits, and Facebook.com slash Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting jesuits.org weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation to the Jesuits, connect with the Jesuit vocation promoter at beajesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.